Kaysen, were you aware mm. of this YouTube channel called Dan's 08? Mm, never heard of him. What are you never about? heard of him. Mm -mm. Uh, did you know that he made a video about this section of Final Fantasy X where you go through the ice and now, the fact that you're actually on Sin's back? How would I know about this? <laughs> I, I, Somebody I, would have had to have told me. <laughs> I don't get where you're going. I certainly am disappointed in our audience for not having told us I that don't this treasure trove of a video online existed. <laughs> and that, I think and that I know we the problem. Used it for a reference. I don't think they told us enough times. I don't think they told us. I enough. think that's the issue. I think <laughs> I think they didn't tell us enough times. Fortunately, despite the failing of our audience to inform us, I have contacted Dan's. 08, oh no way! And he's going nice. to join us to talk about this portion. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the State of the Art podcast. My name's Mike. My name's Kason. We left off after the snowmobile after the ride snowmobiles. with Lulu, yep. which could have been Riku, or could have been Kimari, or could have been Aurin. <laughs> it was with Lulu for me. Actually, even all the way back in the Guadalajara, the conversations you have with Lulu about Yuna getting married, those can be oh. Riku as well. I don't know if you've seen those scenes. That's another one where they can switch them out based on oh, the whole no way. hidden affection mechanic. Interesting. Huh. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen those, Maybe we'll play them now, or maybe we'll put them in the description. I don't know. Right. Something will be decided later on that. Okay. Um, anyway, we're arriving at Makalania Temple now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like this, like column or, or like path of ice that like leads up to. It's the super cool. Door. Yeah. And so it's kind of like elevated a little bit. Um, the Makalania Temple. It looks a little bit like the airship that we find later on. It's funny. Oh, I that didn't even ju just take the, notice of that. Just the general look of it kind of looks like a Jabba the Hut kind of thing, <laughs> but it kind of gets a little skinnier towards the bottom, and it's got these things on the top. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I couldn't really figure anything out from the back, but all these temples look so unique. They look so yeah. different. It does it have purple and gold coloring to it? I don't think it had that. I remember something more like I, blue and brown. I can't see it in my mind. Right it's now, more like blue and brown or anyway. something like that. We're going to talk about the coloring of the airship in a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the door attendant of the temple tries yeah, to yeah. keep Riku out uh, and is surprised to learn that she's a guardian. <laughs> um, I think Riku says, I've decided to be Yuna's guardian now, and that's all I want. And then Aran says, and that's all one needs to be a guardian. I question that. <laughs> it, it's just a little weird given what we've seen in the past. Um, I did see somebody comment on this specifically saying that it's not Yevon the church that will punish you if somebody who's not a guardian enters. It is the faith themselves. Oh. Or it is that the faith will withhold the summon from the summoner oh. if the a non-guardian's there. Now how they know how any of this works, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea how any enforcement mechanism exists or could possibly exist or if, if it's ever happened before. Yeah. But... I mean, there has to be some precedent for it if people yes. believe that that's what's going to happen. But, like, why do they? Like, when has this been? I don't know. See, I don't that's know the question. And, and then Yevon's trying to enforce it, but it's like, oh, they can't, they, they can't enforce it. Like, she walks right past them into the temple. Yeah. And they're like, so the organization's powerless. They're not the ones enforcing the rule, yet it's a rule. So it's like, is it, is it the faith? I don't know. And, and I, I don't know, if, if all it takes to be a guardian... Is to just want to, to want be one. To be, I want to be a freaking guardian. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about that that doesn't feel like well enough explained. 
Yeah, I don't know if I accept that. Or like uh, convincing mm. from a like uh, from the church's standpoint that they would just be oh. They said she wants to be a guardian, so I guess she's a guardian. So I guess she's a guardian. Titus decided to be a guardian, so he's a guardian now, so you can come in. Whereas before, it was yeah, like, oh, it's like, so, like, uh, taboo. Like, you yeah. cannot enter. It's like a big deal. There's not a lot of uh, enforcement going on with this nope. on the church's side. And there doesn't seem These to be inf- much of a infidels. process to actually qualifying to be a guardian in place. Yeah. No ordination, no like vetting process, no nothing. Yeah. They just say, I want to be a guardian. Cool, you're a guardian as long as the summoner accepts that. I don't know. Seems not well enough explained yeah, to me. I don't know whatever. about that. I wonder about that too. Uh, I think Shalinda is in there. She gets pissed. Oh yeah, she's there. If yeah. you lied to her about Yuna getting married or not. <laughs> she's like, you shouldn't tell stories or lie. But it's like, no, she isn't getting married still because... Yeah. And that's why we're kind of like rushing over there because yeah. we, we, we know something's up, right? Mm-hmm. And then this is where I think one of the like temple worker people, they discover Jiskel's sphere yes. in Yuna's belongings. And yeah, she's like, oh my yeah. gosh, Lord Jiskel. And then the whole party goes in there and watches and learns yeah. that Seymour killed his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jiskel essentially admits to that and... Um, that he that Yuna's in more trouble than maybe they even realized. Yeah. Um, Oren picks up pretty quickly what Yuna wanted. Yes. And he's just like, oh, I get what she's doing. This is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually a really, really bad idea when you hear I it know. come from her mouth. It's just I like, know, when she you, are you serious that you like, thought oh that was going to... Anyway, we'll get that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did think it was interesting that... Um, Jiskel says in the in the sphere recording mm. that he has accepted his death as a punishment for his deeds. Mm. Like he says, I will accept this out loud, yet right. he still came back from the far plane. Right, so he hasn't actually accepted it. So he was just lying when he well, said he maybe accepted it. He it's didn't also really. possible he meant it, but then like as it all went down and that there was not really any resolution to this problem with his son. Mm. It's like he saw the need or whatever and maybe tried to come back. But interesting. anyways, interesting. for those of you who have maybe haven't seen the previous episode where we, yeah. or the two episodes ago, I think, where we talked about like the rules behind how death in this world works. Right. Uh, if you die and uh, you, you have not like accepted your death in life, you have to be sent by a summoner to the far point yes. or else you remain in the world as a fiend. Right. But right, if you right, right. have accepted your death in life, then you'll just go to the yeah. far plane. That's kind but of the clearly he order. recorded this little home video before, <laughs> before he had he died. actually died. It's yes. easy to say, I shall accept my death. And then when you actually, your son actually murders you, it's like, <laughs> I don't think this is right. <laughs> and before you know it, you're a fiend. This isn't know? quite... Um, <laughs> I have not resolved this in quite the way I'd hoped. Exactly. Or, so. or maybe it's just that other people should know about it. That his grudge wasn't the acceptance of his own death or not, but his grudge is something more along the lines of people need to know about this. Mm, like yeah. it, it's not right that this happened, but people don't know about it. Yeah. Maybe that's why. And he was able to I come mean, back. He, we, strangely enough, 
his like ghostly fiend self is mm. the one who delivered the sphere to Yuna yes, in the first place. Himself. So it could be that yeah. he wasn't trying to like come back out into the world. He was trying to just deliver his deliver a single message to somebody so that people could know what happened. Sure. And sure. then he was cool with being sent after that, you know. Right. So I, I think anyway. that, I think that makes sense. Um, and he says, "Stop, my son." Yes. And Waka gets super conflicted about this because uh, now he yes. knows he's going to have to confront a maester <laughs> of Yevon. He's like, what, dude? Yep. I, I can't do that, you know? Um, Oren warns him, basically, as they're going into that room just outside of where she prays to the faith, um, that they're going to do whatever it takes to protect you, even if that means they have to, like, kill a maester. Yep. And, and, and Walk is just like, oh man, why did I get involved in this? This sucks. Oh man, that's um, <clears throat> I loved how when they run into the room, Titus is kind of leading the way and he's, he yells, Seymour. And, and Seymour says, please be silent. Yet Lady Yuna prays to the faith. Titus' response is, make me. <laughs> make. make me. <laughs> Just Make me be silent. Seventeen-year-old kid, you know. <laughs> I laughed out loud at Make that. Me. That was really funny. Oh man, I can't remember what he says <laughs> in Japanese there. Attitude that he's got is so funny. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and then he, I think Tita says to him, "I knew you were bad news the first time we met." Oh, oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, that's not yet. That's actually Seymour is a little, a little confused as to exactly. He didn't seem to think. I don't that think they he had knew. Known. Yeah. What was going on? Ed the sphere and his dad. Yeah, yeah, I don't. And he's just like, oh, my friends. <laughs> I sense that someone's gonna die here, but I don't know how much you know yet. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And once he realizes that they know what's going on, that they know yeah. about Jiskel, that's when he's like, all right, I'm gonna have to fight you guys. Ah, yes. Um. So, oh, and then Yuna comes out during this conversation and uh, reveals yes. that she, she, um. Well, I'm trying to remember. I think she says this actually after the fight's over. But she reveals right, here because there's that, a point where she reflects on it later. Yeah. She's going, she says, I'm going to stop you. I'm here to stop you. That's the reason why yes, I agreed yes. to, like, come marry you or whatever. I'm, I'm here to, like, stop you on Lord Jiskel's uh -huh. request. And that's when it sets up this big boss fight. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know if you saw this when you are fighting. You can, when, when you... Click left on the D-pad to go to like to the overdrive menu. Mm -hmm. In <laughs> in this fight, they have a talk option underneath that. So you, a couple of party members can talk to Seymour in this I, fight. I may have seen it. So there's no. some a little extra dialogue you can get. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, by, yeah. Instead yeah. of taking your turn to attack him, you take your turn to talk to him, and you get some back and forth dialogue. Got to be real comfortable. You know what's funny though? This battle isn't. Um, as hard as you'd think it would be, yeah, because you're fighting Seymour. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, this is going to be ridiculously hard, and it's yeah. like, oh, what's up with that? That actually felt a little easier than it should have, you know. Mm. And we find out why later. But yeah. So, uh, Titus will say to him, "I knew you were bad news from the time we met," and his response is, "Oh, my sincerest apologies," very sarcastically, right? Yes, yes. And he's like, Seymour, he's all pissed. And then um, Seymour says, make me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Yuna says, you may be a maester, but I will still fight. And he says to her, your eyes, they burn with a resolve, beautiful. So he's hmm. not really listening to what she's right. saying. He just thinks she's hot or whatever. 
And I think Waka says something to him too, like Master Mace or Seymour, we don't have to do this, or I don't want to do this, or something like that. Anyway, there's some options there for so a little extra dialogue if you okay, want to do that. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Now, when you beat his first phase, uh, he summons Anima. Yes. And this was pretty intense, given, or it feels intense when it first happens, given like the Anima cut to the FMV earlier. When exactly. It you hadn't had to deal with this directly. Fiends, right. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, oh, great. great. So did, did you get all the way, did you allow Anima to get the overdrive built up and to go into its anima, yes. like overdrive mode? Be, on purpose. Yes. <laughs> so you could Be, see. So that I could talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's cool. <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool. And it reveals why the, the name Anima is even there. I, yes. I have this whole write-up about okay, this. Okay, so I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to explain what it is. So as you're fighting Anima, the, the, the Anima summons overdrive is building up on every turn, just like yeah. yours do when you yeah. fight, right? And if you don't kill it quick enough, it'll go and do like a big overdrive attack. Um, and when that happens, your party members get like sucked into these sort of like dark portals under the under the floor, and it's like they go into an underworld of sorts, hmm. where there is a second part to the animal boss underneath. Yes, yes. And this is like the male half of this Aeon, right? Mm, it, it's very clearly like. It's got a beard and this this long white hair. The top half is like a female Mm. um, part of this summon, this Aeon, right? The bottom part, and we've been talking about like this symbol, the the two halves kind of thing, right? It's almost a reflection of this yin-yang thing. Yes, and how she's upside down. In uh, this Aeon, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So. This was a very well thought out design. Long white beard, long hair, it's got kind of a crown. It looks almost like these green feathery sort of like uh, feathers on the crown. It's got horns coming out of either side of the head and this giant sort of cavernous mouth with these massive like razor teeth and these hollowed out eyes. Mm. And it's got, its its hands are chained up. Yes, it yeah, yeah, yeah. breaks the vines and it just punches the balls out of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then there's this giant explosion. Um, so that's more or less what it looks like. Uh, I, I'm excited to hear the notes okay. that you took from. Sweet. So Seymour uses Anima. This is the coolest thing ever. So there's a necklace around Anima that Anima wears of it looks like a saint. Mm-hmm. It looks like Virgin Mary, yeah. actually. <laughs> um, but well, who it is, um, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, so there's 12 circles around the halo. So there's a halo around this like womanly figure that looks so medieval, right? It just looks like a depiction of, of um, Mother Mary. Um, it represents somebody else, uh, but that's it was made to look like uh, Mary. So the idea of the anima in Carl Jung's archetypes of the collective unconscious, right, mm-hmm. is that the anima would be the hidden... Um, the hidden feminine within the masculine, right? So yes. if you've got your yin and yang symbol, right? Yes. You've got the little circle, right? There's the little anima within the within the light side, or would be over yeah. here. There's the dark circle, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, there's the anima within the the uh, archetypal male, but within the feminine, then there's the animus, right? Yes. And the idea, if you're just dealing with the anima. If the anima is the dominant personality, mm. then the hidden would be the animus. Now, yes. if the feminine is the dominant, the hidden would be the animus, right? So you would call it anima for that reason. But there's actually other reasons, right? It's not just that. 
So that's something we talked about a lot in Zeno Gears is how the anima is kind of like the hidden feminine and the animus is the hidden masculine. Yes. Uh, but, oh, and also it's w under the shadow, the idea. Yes. It's, it's within the shadow. It's like part of your shadow. It's yeah. your unknown self that you have to kind of like dig into to find, you know, to discover. Right. Um, so this is great because underneath the summon, at least what is presented for the entire somebody is like another person, right? So there's another word though, which is anima sola, which means alone spirit, something mm. like that in within Latin, and it's a Roman Catholicism thing. It means lonely soul, and it's usually pictured as a soul in purgatory that's mm. alone. And in purgatory, um, souls, it's not like horrible hellfire, but they're still bound as they're atoning for their own sins, and they're they're pictured as um, having their hands being like bound, uh. right, with like handcuffs, basically, mm. either like this or like this. Um, but that's something that's part of the anima sola thing. So right, so you're alone, wandering, lost spirit with these chains that, when broken, mean you've repented of your sins, right? So the anima sola requires not only divine assistance but also the help of the living, right? So you can offer prayers up to purgatory, and then that helps them to kind of break the chains and right. and and go to heaven. Now that's just an interesting thing, right? But these both combine into one like seriously tortured being, right? A mother figure that's hidden and locked away in the shadow, or a father figure in that sense, that's hidden, because they're both kind of change. Yeah. Um, there's a, f a hidden masculine locked away in the shadow, behind or beneath the shadow, that's being tortured in purgatory. The more I think about it, the creepier it gets. This yeah. is the best summon. It's yeah. like super, super good. It's crazy. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, and it's so deep, and there's just so much to it. I absolutely love it. And yeah. not only that, it just the design is really, really cool. Yeah. And you see just like, you just see how tortured the soul is. Yeah. And how when it shoots the missiles, its eye like bleeds and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh. It's messed up. Yeah, it's messed up, messed up, messed up. Um, Yuna gets a new summon. I actually forgot to talk about the last one that you get in the, uh, the Jose Temple, which is Ix Ixion. Ixion oh, is okay. the lightning summon for this game. They uh, they did away with Ramu, I guess. Oh, yeah. One, right? Ramu was generally the lightning summon. But uh, this in this temple, the Makalania temple, there's it's icy, it's you know, ice, icy yeah. area. So this is Shiva. Shiva, yeah. So you get Shiva, and uh, you can kind of finish off Seymour um, with that summon. Um, anyway, <clears throat> pretty good fight. There's kind of three phases to it. Yeah, how shocking is it that that he's just like that you killed him? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like. Whoops. And it's so funny because the way they're all looking around, especially as the Guado kind of walk in and we're just like, like Seymour's dead. And we're just like, look, we didn't mean to kill the guy, but he was being a total jerk. And yeah. like we were, it's just so funny that we literally, we basically accidentally killed like the leader of the church. It's yeah. just hilarious. And Trauma's just like, what happened? And we're just oh. like, ah, don't worry, don't worry. We'll clean everything up. Like <laughs> we'll send him. And they said, no. Yeah, they don't let you send him. Don't That's send important. him. They take him away. And so it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so. Uh, oh, Aron tells Yuna to send Seymour, and then Aron walks away after he tells her to send. Yeah, him. he he, she, he says send you send him, and then he sort of takes a few steps yeah. back. It's important he to says, note that. Send him quickly. Yeah, <clears throat> and so they don't let her send him. They they kind of drag his body away. No, um, something strange about that, right? Something not right is going on. Yeah, something weirds up. Attendance. And especially how the Guado react, because Jisco was a Guado, right? Yes. And and they have the sphere, and yes. so we try to talk to them later, like, dudes, look, we didn't mean to kill him, but still, 
Like, look, <laughs> he killed Jiskel. Yeah. And they don't care at all. Trommel they don't breaks care. the sphere. He does. He breaks he it right then and there. He the sphere. So he knew yes. the whole time. So he, he knew you exactly what You mean this sphere? On. And I thought it was also interesting that he says, like, Guado take care of Guado affairs. Hmm. This kind of harkens back a little bit to what Waka said when you're going from the Jose Temple towards the Moonflow and you meet the Ronzo oh, yeah. along the way, mm. and he's like not interfering with the fact that they make fun of Kimari all the time. Ah, saying, yes. Um, Ronzo take care of Ronzo mm. problems. So that's like a there's sort of a sentiment the world. in this world that yeah. like you take care of your own stuff and don't get involved race. in the affairs of other races. Huh, huh. Um, yeah. So he says that same line. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I also liked how. In this temple, you don't do the Cloister of Trials first to get into the place. Mm. They, they actually try to trap you in there and you have to do the Cloister to leave. That's right. It's kind of a nice That's change right. yeah, of yeah. pace yeah, with yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, they meet you kind of at the end of that, like figuring out the puzzles. Yeah. And uh, that's when they reveal basically they knew all along. And, you know, Seymour was definitely bad news. And then they start chasing you out. You do this little run scene where you're running away. <laughs> and they're catching up to you. <laughs> and they're Those guys, the, the Guado grunts, like, they look so funny. Yeah. Um, so you fight some battles as you're running away. Yeah. And you get back out to that area outside um, where, I think, where you fought the Albed before, that Albed machine. And it's just like a, like, almost like a lake of ice. Yeah, and yeah. And you're on top of that and you fight against... Um, there's kind of another boss fight at the end of this chase sequence. It's like a Yeti-looking enemy, and he punches the ice, and he sends yep. the party falling through the ice. Uh, that is so cool, because yeah. the assumption is right below this ice is water, right? That's yes. that's a, what I'm thinking as we're playing the game. And then it's like, no, below the ice is just air. It's just nothingness for yes. a long ways until there is a lake, right? But it's like... Yeah. Separated. You yeah, know, and it's really cool. far down. Really, <coughs> really far down below the ice. Yeah, really cool. Now, Kaysen. So it's like a shell. Kaysen, were you aware mm. of this YouTube channel called Dan's 08? Mm, never heard of him. What are you never about? heard of him. Mm -mm. Uh, did you know that he made a video about this section of Final Fantasy X where you go through the ice now, and the fact that you're actually on Sin's back? How would I know about this? <laughs> I, I, Somebody I, would have had to have told me. <laughs> I don't get where you're going. I certainly am disappointed in our audience for not having told us I that this treasure trove of a video online existed. <laughs> and I and think that I know we the problem. Used it for a reference. I don't think they told us enough times. I don't think they told us. I enough. think that's the issue. I think <laughs> I think they didn't tell us enough times to make us aware of this. Uh, anyways, ah, shame on them. Fortunately, yeah. despite the failing of our audience to inform us. <laughs> I have contacted Dan's 08. Oh, no way. And he's going nice. to join us to talk about this portion. Um, so let's give him a call real quick and get him Perfect. on the line. And uh, if you can't tell, we're obviously being sarcastic. You guys, <laughs> uh, we, must have, we must have had like a hundred tweets <laughs> and comments and DMs. And yes, yes. People definitely wanted us to see this video. It was great because so, it was the perfect time because it was like one or two episodes before this moment <clears throat> in our podcast. Yes. I have to say though, having played it, I can't believe that, that this wasn't known. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so clear in the game, but it just would be beyond people's imagination, I guess, that that would be possible. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit when we get him online. Okay. But like, 
it's, it's, it's just one of those things that's common in FF10 to me, yeah. where when you know it, it seems really obvious. Yeah. But it's like easy to miss somehow. Yes, yeah, somehow. In the course of playing See, the game. But this makes me wonder what I thought when I first, when I last played the game, but yeah. I, I can't remember. It yeah. didn't seem that impactful. I feel like it would have been more impactful had I thought of it this way. Well, I definitely I never really looked close enough at Sin's back with the exact structures. The city. Yeah. Like those little ruined structures on its back. Yeah. To recognize them under Makalani, a temple like that. Right. That's probably either. the clearest indication that there is, because it's exactly the same I thing. know. Yeah, it's crazy. But aside from that, they talk <clears throat> about, oh, Sin's nearby, and they're looking around. Yeah. And no, Ar yeah. Aran even says, the ground, as yeah. Sin shows up. Yes. <laughs> And Anyways. you see Sin, you actually see Sin. There's you a do. shot of Sin with some water. And the assumption is, oh, Sin showed up from above. Yeah, but from it's somewhere like, no, else. No, because there's water. That means right. they're floating. Anyways, Ex ugh. Anyways I had no idea. Let's get him on the line here Kay. and uh, talk to him a bit. Dan's Go 8. Am I saying that correctly? That's the name of the channel? Unfortunately, that is the name of the channel, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> That's a mistake we made early on in YouTube as well. Create a channel that no one can pronounce. Uh, tell, tell me about the origins of that. How come uh, that was the name that you ended up going with? Yeah, so um, back in the day when I first really started to get obsessed with Five Fantasy X, um, I wanted to do a, a challenge related to the game just to sort of find a new way to enjoy and play. And back mm -hmm. then, the the Dark Aeon, like the the Nose figure of Dark Aeon challenge, was was pretty big in the in the right. community, mm -hmm. and I got inspired by that, and I wanted to do it. And back then, uh, Dark Anima had never been defeated with a Nose figure party before. Oh really? Never? Yeah. And oh. um, so that was like a little ambition of mine all the way back in 2008 to be the first person to ever do it. And so I thought, Ooh, nice. let me. I thought it's it's such a it was it was such an unbelievable feat at the time that I thought I need to have video proof of this. No one's going to believe me if I just type it in a forum that I did it. So yeah. I was like, I I should try and like have like a YouTube channel or something so I can record it and just show the world that I managed to do it. So I, it was nice. so uh, Dan's Go Eight. It just stands for Dark Anima No Secret 2008. And uh, oh, there, you go. there it is. Yep, there that you go. makes sense. I get it now. Because <laughs> I've been, I've actually That's been great. watching your videos for years. Yeah, yeah. And I never really heard or knew about the, the origins of how the name came about. So I, I didn't understand where it came from. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe your name was Dan or something. But yeah. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. So how many times would you say that you've beaten Final Fantasy X? Um, probably tens of times. Maybe like <laughs> tens, ten, tens, Final Fantasy ten, tens of times. It's probably the best. Final Fantasy ten, tens of times. So it's safe to say you know the game fairly well. Um, That's I tens think, more times than we've been. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I discovered your channel I think back in 2016 mm -hmm. or something like that when I was doing research on some of the Ultimania stuff. My first time beating FF10 was I mean back when it came out. And I played it at a friend's house, and I didn't pay that close attention to it. I think he probably mm -hmm. played some parts while I wasn't even watching, right? <laughs> um, but the second time was when I was getting ready to do my retrospective video on it, and I was trying mm -hmm. to, like, grasp everything in the story. And your videos really helped me, like, get, like, like you said, that timeline in place. Like, mm -hmm. to actually see, like, chronologically, like, how the story actually unfolds, so... Mm -hmm. um, if anybody has not visited Dan's Go 8's channel, uh, head on over there, particularly if you're a fan of Final Fantasy X. I'm sure many people 
um, who watch us already watch you. Um, and we were we were just bombarded with people. Um, <laughs> just in the past week or two. Yeah, yeah trying to, yeah. to get us to watch the recent video you put up um, regarding the discovery that you had about uh, when you fall under Makalania mm -hmm. uh, Temple um, and, and you fall onto Sin's back is, mm -hmm. is the conclusion that you come to in that video. So I wanted to invite you on to talk a little bit about um, what kind of led up to you finding this out and like how, how you went about it and why you were even investigating this. Like how did this come about? Okay, so I think first of all for, for clarity, it's not something that I figured out myself. So I want to just make sure that's clear. Sure. Um, yeah. In the video as well, I mentioned it, that it was, a, it was a Reddit post. It was a Reddit thread, right? Yeah, it was a Reddit post originally. And I had just like yeah. a, a friend of mine um, that I know through the channel that just sent me the link and he's like, well, this is crazy. Like, did you know this? And I was like, I had a look. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to look, and um, it was one of these things where I, it kind of blew my mind, but it was, it's, it's a really strange one because it's like a discovery, but at the same time, it's also so obvious that it's, yes. it's like this fine line, yeah. right? So I mm -hmm, wasn't sure yes. if I even wanted to do anything with it, but when I started to share it with other people, like people like, holy shit, I didn't realize this is so cool. And it sort yeah. of created this like chain reaction of we all kind of knew and suspected that this was the case, but... To, to have this sort of proof, I guess, that this was the case was, was one, what made it interesting for me. So uh -huh. I think um, when it comes to the Reddit post, what I found most interesting was uh, the person who posted it, Kessler Stormblade 98 they made use of a website called noclip.com. And uh -huh. noclip.com is like this website where I, I don't know how they've built it, but it's basically they've been able to extract... Uh, the maps from video games and you have like a free roaming yeah. camera within it and you can basically fly around the different locations of games and Final Fantasy wow. 10 was in there too and I guess uh, Kessler was kind of just roaming around and having a look at the maps and there's one for the underwater like the not the underwater the bit where you're under the temple in Makalania yeah where yeah. the party falls and uh, they took a screenshot which Compared to how you see it presented in the game, obviously you guys remember as well, when you watch the scene, it's really misty and foggy in there. And oh, yes, on purpose. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's icy, so you, can't, uh, you can see the buildings very clearly, but you can't see, like, there's some mounds there. Like, you can't really fully see an mm -hmm. image of Sin being underneath there the whole time. At least I couldn't, I mean, and because of that, I think it's this weird thing where it seems so familiar because those buildings seem reminiscent of the ones on Sin's back, but because of the way the scenes presented, um, I couldn't make the connection immediately that we were we were on Sin's back the whole time. And so through no clip, because there's none of this mist there, you can you can move the camera around, you can spin, you can see it, and it's yeah. it's 100% clear that that is Sin just sitting there. And you've been having this entire sort of scene on Sin's back the whole time. And, and they even like, Call attention to it, basically. Like Waka's like, oh man, something feels weird. Can you feel the the bad vibes? Yeah, there's like a. It's like yeah, something Lulu weird's going says on. says something about that too. Yeah. 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 And then it, obviously they they call attention to the fact that sin is near mm -hmm. when like I think Aaron does when the ground starts to shake and things. And then he says the ground. Yeah. He says whoa the ground, <laughs> and and then you see sin, but for some reason. Yeah. Like, are you aware, has anyone, this is the first time anyone's made that connection, right? I, from what I've seen, I think it's one of these things that probably on the internet, there's been people talking about it in the past, but 
it probably has well, never Well, I'm come. sure there'll be people on that Reddit thread who are like, huh, I knew it the whole time, you, you know, you dweebs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure you did. Yeah, the, the, comments, the comment section is a bit of a mix, and I get it because, yeah. like I say, it, it, it is obvious, right? It, it is obvious. It's so obvious afterward. In exactly. hindsight, it's incredibly and obvious. Th there's something that I didn't mention in the video that I made, which... I think, oh, really? since, you know, due to the format of the of the show you guys are doing, I think it's better to, to go into it here. Um, okay. I didn't want to drag the video on too much, but I think for me, the the main thing that threw me off from the fact that we were on Sins Back the entire time was the editing and the positioning of the little FMV of Sin underwater. Yes, yes. I actually yes. was going to ask you about this because yes. it doesn't look like you're floating on water when they fall down. Yes. No. But when it's looking up at Sin, it's looking from underneath him, and it's clearly like he's underwater. You can see like yeah. the ripples of the surface of the water. Yeah. That's what so threw me off about you. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for some reason, I thought he was above you. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's why I think the whole idea of people, you know, saying that they were absolutely certain that this was the case all along. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't really. Maybe you were, but like to me, that's why this is cool because you get to actually see it in a different way, because I looked at the scene again, I watched it again, and well, okay, let's assume that they're on Sins Back the whole time. Um, they have yeah. this entire interaction, and what you can see is, they're standing in water, it's very shallow water, so you can't see the texture of Sins Back, you don't know okay, what the right. ground looks like, right? And yeah. so you can't make that direct connection, because you know what Sins skin kind of looks like from, from other scenes, and you can't tell. And so the water is shallow, we know that for a fact, that they're standing on shallow water, then they talk about the ground shaking and sin. So my, whenever I've played the game, I've always thought they fall onto some kind of underwater ancient city, something like that, remnants. Because we've seen underwater ruins before. It's not the first time. Yes, previously over the, uh, the river with the shoe Move. buff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought, okay, so we fall somewhere like that. And then yeah. sin was nearby uh, underwater somewhere listening to the singing from the temple. Right, then yes. sin arrives to basically scoop them up and take them to Beacon Elm. So my thing was Sin was external to that situation. Sin comes in, takes them, and they go to Makalani. And obviously that little FMV of Sin being underwater after they talk about the fact that the ground is shaking, all that kind of thing. I was just like, it definitely looks to me like Sin's grabbed them and taken them to Beacon Elm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, sure. So yes. th that's why yeah. I couldn't really immediately put it all together. And so it, it took something extra for me to really kind of cement the connection. Yeah. You know, for me, Sin, especially in that intro FMV for the whole game, when Sin shows up and everything just, the world, the rules of the world just break, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I would have assumed that, okay, Sin's here and now there's water above him, it seems, for some weird reason. It just looks different and it looks striking. Yeah. But Sin makes weird things happen, so mm. let's just go with it, right? <laughs> there wasn't water there before, but Sin's here, and now it's all watery, but, you know, mm. whatever. It's Sin, right? Yeah, I think That's for, what for I me, I ended up concluding all they needed to really do was shift the position of that FMV, and everything would have fallen into place. If that, yeah. if that FMV was the final shot of the sequence, then it looks much more like we had this entire interaction. Ground shaking, Sin's here, oh my god. And then you have the FMV, then it goes, there's a whiteout on the screen and you wake up in Beacon L. Then that's like, okay, Sin was there the whole time. It, it woke up and it took them through when the singing to, to Beacon L. But because it's not edited yeah, in that yeah. way, that's why it throws people off, I think. So here's the question then. Did Square Enix want us to know this? <laughs> or were they intentionally hiding this? 
I guess it depends who you ask, really, right? To, to, to all the people, <laughs> well, were, to all the people that were like, I knew this all along. Clearly, Square Enix wanted us to know, and we're just idiots because yeah. we couldn't we couldn't see it, right? But uh, right, right. I, well, like uh, the only conclusion I can come to on that, like obviously, it's impossible to know in this particular case whether that was true, mm-hmm. right? But. There have been interviews with Nomura in other sources, like I think it was on the bonus features DVD of um, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Oh, yeah. Where he basically says, and I think I put this quote into my FF10 review, that they left things vague on purpose because they want fans to talk about it. They want fans discussing theories on Mm -hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of almost part of a marketing strategy of sorts yeah, yeah. to like get word of mouth to spread. I, I would almost wonder too then if they kind of prohibited if there was a gag order or like if you worked on this game, you're not allowed to go into the forums and, and tell people what things quote really. Oh, mean. like a Square Enix employee. Uh, yeah, employees of Square oh, Enix. Sure. Right? Because you'd think the employees would come up and say no, yes to this or that, but. I would wonder almost if they were instructed, don't participate don't in these, let anything. the fans kind of do their thing. Maybe, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm torn because, like I say, if the FMV shifts, it seems like such an easy fix to eliminate this entire thing. And to, hmm. to me, it still remains, it doesn't lose its cool factor if that happens. Like the scene, like the right. sequence, I don't think diminishes if you realize that you're on sin the whole time. So to me, it's yeah. a bit of a weird it, one. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to say it's a mistake, but it doesn't quite sit right. Like now that I, I've seen it in this way, I just, I can't help but think, why didn't they just position the FMV at the end of the right. sequence? That's all I can Because really it's so cool playing this again, knowing that fact, and then going through that moment, mm-hmm. it, it feels more, like it heightens the stakes almost. It yeah. feels way more ominous. It feels, I don't know, I, I, I like it a lot better knowing this than previously, assuming Sin just kind of shows up and whisks us away. Yeah, another reason I really like it is because it, it for me, it actually um, gives more meaning to the conversation that Aaron and Titus have about how Jack used to sing that hymn yes. in the face all the time. Yeah. And so the fact that you're hearing that hymn here, mm. like this is where Jack comes to try to calm down mm. and get away from this ravenous instinct of Sin and like, find some of his humanity, right? Yeah. Like this is where he comes to try to not kill people. <laughs> to listen to that hymn <laughs> he used to sing yeah. and that used to be part of like Xanarkin's culture and yeah, just yeah. like get away from this trap he's in where he has to witness or be involved in somehow the, the massacre of the mm. people of Spira. And you know, Lulu tells yeah. Waka, you know, just listen to the hymn and c- try to calm down because right. he's freaking it's, out about being a traitor effect. to Yevon now and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Titus and uh, uh, Titus talks about how he even used to hum the song, and Aaron would come listen to him so that he could remember Spira and because yeah, yeah. he missed home and things like that. So that whole scene is made more meaningful when you realize you're standing on the back of Jack, know, who is man. listening to oh. the hymn to try to like avoid. <laughs> get away, yeah. have a reprieve, in a sense, from his trap of having to be involved in this massacre of the people of Spear all the time. And he, that's where he's coming to like relax or get away from that for a minute. That means a lot more, yeah. Yeah, it's just really, really cool that he is there with you. And because Titus makes that connection, and I don't know if I wrote it down. Hold on, let me see if I wrote it's down It's as things start moving that he kind of is like, this is when I realized that Sin really yeah. was my old man. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, we'll go through some of these notes again in a minute, but I think he says something like, um, 
the song you were listening to, I think is what he says. When, yeah. when sin begins to move and Titus realizes that he now believes that sin is jacked, he like yeah, finally yeah. says, okay, this is true. He says the song, you were listening to it too. He says that to his father, right? Yeah. Um, and he starts to actually change his attitude toward his father at this moment. Because I think when he gets taken away uh, to Bicanel, he says, oh, no, no, there's some cutscenes. Right? He's, he's, he's like, it's like his father's trying Memories. to talk to him. He shows him Xanarchan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, shows yeah. him a few images. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's not your world anymore. Yeah, yeah. Xanarchan, right? And then your sin now, right? Hey, I'm older now because he sees a, a child version of himself. This is how yeah, Jack yeah. remembers him. Yeah, this is all Jack's memory. Um, yeah. And then it shows him standing before the faith. And he says, uh, you want this to end, I'll find a way, promise. So Titus yeah, is yeah, now yeah. making a promise. He's not going to just like defeat his dad. He's going to help him escape from this horror that he's having to live every day. Mm. And Titus is making a, like an actual genuine connection to his father for possibly the first time in his life. Yeah. And all of that is made way more meaningful to me when you realize Jekt is right there he's with right them the there. whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's really, really it's cool really to good. put that together. Yeah, I, I would agree. almost have to say that this would be a fault of the directors for not making this more clear. <laughs> I, I would lean in that direction because it's so much more meaningful yeah. and so many people missed it Yeah. Um, that I would, I would have to say that maybe they, they did it they did it, right? They just didn't, I feel like they could have executed a little bit a better. A little more clearly. Um, made it a little more clear so that it was a little more meaningful for more people, I think. I think one of the questions I had about this was, I the way the scene plays out with the dialogue, it, it almost seems like Sin is sleeping underneath them. Oh, uh, yeah. And so yeah, the singing yeah. stops. And then he and moves. And then Sin like almost wakes up. So the, the hymns yeah. kind of put sin, sin to sleep. Now, is that the case? So does that mean that they just got lucky? So Wendigo, uh, you beat Wendigo, well, they smack the question. ice. So do they, was it just one of these classic sort of tropes where they just happened to fall on top of Sin? Or was Sin sort of floating around underneath to be near where his son is? Because he's always in the distance. He's always keeping an eye on things, really. Yeah. And so does, you does know Sin what? save them? So was he, is he floating so he, underneath yeah. and he comes he, up to break their fall? And then just actually, sort of that's good. I like that. I that like that's that interpretation. actually so. There was some, there was a yeah. comment on an earlier video. It was right around the time of the Operation Mehan, where they're talking about Sin always comes back for its spawn. Um, mm. Where someone in the comments wrote, "This is Jack coming back for his son oh as my well." Gosh. Mm. Oh right? My it's not gosh. just Sin coming back for the How spawn. It's Jack coming back for yeah. Titus as yeah, well. Yeah, Sin comes back for the spawn. So that wow. it's, it, that all kind of ties into that too. Is is he's he's coming cool. back all the time for Titus. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I so love there's, that. there's kind of a dual thing going yeah. on there, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, super cool stuff. But uh, uh, I, I wanted to ask you as well because this is a game I've had to play now three or four times to really start to feel like I've put most of the pieces together and like actually understand it. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how many times did it take you before you really felt like you really understood Final Fantasy X and like put most of its sort of uh, themes and lore and everything together? Mm, it's probably still an ongoing process, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a, uh, the game that keeps on giving, right? 100%. <laughs> I've, said, I've said that countless times, and every time I feel like I'm being cheesy when I say it, but then something else yeah. happens, and I'm like, yep, I was right. Like, it, it just it keeps on giving. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it took a long time. I think once I started to dive into more like Ultimania, 
and those kind of things and just talk to more people, watch more content from people and, and read more things. It just started to really come together for me, I think. And, you know, the YouTube channel was such a, a blessing in that sense because it, it forced me to, to, to take it to a new level because obviously once I started to have people watching the content, enjoying it, it was like, so what else can I do? you know, for the community, you know, what other information can I unearth and share with people? And um, it, it was definitely a big motivator and it, it did take a long time. I think the first time I played it, it was just this sort of, I don't know, I was maybe like 13, I think the first time I completed it. So yeah. it was like this really mm. early teens, just haze really. Like it was, I just got completely sucked in and obsessed and maybe not because I understood everything so well, but just because it just sucked me in a way that no game had ever done before. And so I can't really claim that I understood it so well, like in its entirety, like the lore and everything else. But it took years, I would say, to, for that to really start to settle. And it just got yeah. better and better. I, yeah. I had a similar experience with Xenogears, like, and, and it, it, in a similar way, I feel like every time I play that game, I'm gonna kind of see or realize something. I, I, I wanna play before. it again already. <laughs> it's just such a long um, game. I think a lot of these square games around that time period, yeah. kind of that let, mid to late 90s and early 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. had that feeling where it's like they were able to somehow in some magical lightning in a bottle way intuitively yeah. communicate what it was saying to your yes. heart even if you couldn't like put it all together yeah you didn't hear any of that exactly <laughs> but you just felt its impact but it wasn't too explicit yeah right but it was it like rode that balance between like not able to comprehend and then like easily comprehended and yes. they just kind of skirted that so even if you didn't understand any of the reference material it still meant something to you yes yeah so good and and so good. i mean there are so many other examples in ff10 as well of of me watching a scene again and going, oh my gosh, that's so obvious. How did yeah. I not see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember on a, mm. an old podcast we did, I told you about something and you went, yeah. oh my gosh. And it was like, yeah. that. it just comes together, <laughs> right? When you realize that yeah. little piece, that little jigsaw piece gets put I in remember place, this just was, like falls. I right? remember that. And yeah. um, this was another thing kind of like that, right? It's just like when you watch the scene with the right context, it's all there. Yes. It's clearly all there. You just were missing one little piece of context yeah. that wasn't quite in the right place. And then once it's there, it's just, it, it's, and that's a really good feeling to feel like yeah. you can revisit something that you love over and over again. And every time you're going to kind of pull something. Yeah. New I was going to say that's replay value, right? Cause you yes. know that there's still something valuable to be gained that you didn't gain the last time you played. Yeah. And it just kind of draws you back in. Yeah. Especially after all this time, I think that's that's what makes it so special as well. I know, twenty years, man. <laughs> it's been twenty years. Yeah, it's insane. It. It's crazy. I think while I have a while I have opportunity to be on, I'm going to throw one more thing at you guys um, about sure this thing. entire scene. Um, so I kind of said this more as more as a joke when I was chatting with my friends about it. So yeah. let's just say that the scene is edited in the right way, and we have okay. this whole situation where how can sin be underwater? and they, the characters don't look like they're underwater, like it doesn't really fit together. But then right. what if they landed on some kind of husk of sin, like a previous shell or husk of sin? Oh, oh that's from the previous. And do we know for sure that every iteration of sin also looked the same or not? Does it that's shed a its shell? question that we've had multiple yeah. times throughout right. this podcast. Right. actually brought this up a couple yeah, times, thinking cool. maybe sin <laughs> 
um, each time it comes back is like evolved or different a little bit somehow each time. It changes mm -hmm. somehow, yeah. And I, I don't know if there's any well, I don't know. direct evidence in the text to say that that's the case. I have But the any. fact that, yeah, the fact that you've brought that up and then he yeah. was bringing this up the whole time, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, that could be. And that would be really mm -hmm. interesting if that was what happened. You kind of fell onto some kind of like former shell that yeah. it had shed or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way I could make it work. In my head. The, the only issue with that is that does every sin have the same city on top of its head? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's but other buildings. than that. Well, it's created by Yu Yevon, I guess. So it, I don't see why could, it couldn't. Oh, fair well enough. Could, yeah, a very good point, form, actually. Right? Yes, absolutely. So it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't particularly believe the idea, but it was just interesting. I was trying to find a way to make it. Well, fit. well, here's a thought, though. Here's a thought. Sin does is a very water-loving being. When we first see him, he shows up in this big ball of water that's like a blitz ball game. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel Jekt had some influence on how it appears? On, on yeah, on sins at least the way he presents himself at the moment as being sort of a fishy, water-looking whale-type thing mixed with, you know, that kind of element. Or, mm -hmm. anyways, because we know with the Meehan High Road that sin attacks land areas as well. So, um, was it Jekt that is keeping sin mostly in the water? This and this iteration, this iteration? Of it or something. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I was trying to see if, like, are there any references in the way Sin looks to how Jack looks yeah. as Brass's final end? I couldn't really see any connection. So, I, huh. I would, my guess would be that it's mostly Yevon's influence over what Sin ends up being, because it's because like. it's okay. it's something that Yevon creates to protect what he's trying to achieve, right? So I would assume right. he yeah. has the most. I guess, say in what it looks like, but obviously it's completely speculation. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? So another, I mean, just there's always, there's as many questions as you might answer on a playthrough of FF10, <laughs> there's always more. <laughs> Way more. And yeah, then there so. are a few, there are a few that will just never be answered. Yeah, I probably never know. Yeah. But. Man, I really appreciate you coming on. This is a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and anybody out there watching who has not seen Dan's Go 8's channel, uh, go check it out. We'll put a link in the description. Um, is there anything you're working on right now that you're kind of excited about that people can look forward to? Um, I have a few Final Fantasy X ideas in the pipeline. I think one of the things I've started to prepare is just uh, something that's a bit more kind of technical. It's a CTB kind of explanation of the game CTB system. I think there's a lot of it that even mm. I didn't really fully understand despite playing it so much and doing the challenges and that kind of thing. And um, I really wanted to get into the sort of nuts and bolts of how it works. And so I've been kind of doing a little video on that and I want to try and do like a definitive breakdown and explanation of how the CTB system of the game works. And that's one of the things I want to hopefully do in the future. We'll see. Fantastic. I'm actually looking awesome, forward man. to that. Um, <laughs> I'm subscribed. Everyone else should be as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that. I know it's super late where you are. I appreciate you staying up and uh, talking to us. I think it's almost, what, 1230 there. Yeah, so uh, no worries. It's, it was uh, it was an honor. It was, uh, it was great to chat to you guys as well. Uh, enjoy. Yeah. Have a great time with the with the rest of it, and uh, the community is very lucky to have you two, kind of go into all of oh. these lengths to, to break ah, everything down, shucks. and just you know, um, great asset to the community. So thanks, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you too, Thank man. You. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. We'll be in touch. Cool. Take care, guys. All right. All See right. Ya. See Bye. ya. Oh, I forgot. This was the whole. Yeah, going back before we actually come through and fall down on the sin's back. Oh yeah. I just put like a, you know that that laughing face with the crossed eye and the and the capital D. Yeah. I was like laughing like really hard at Yuna's explanation for what she was going to try to negotiate with Seymour.
she, I mean, this is just utter naivety, right? And this is what Aaron was talking about oh back in the Macalania when he said forest. that Seymour's the better negotiator. Yes. Yes. And that yes. she's naive to a fault and all these things, uh-huh. um, or loyal yeah. to a fault and naive, I think is what he says. But or both. Her plan was to negotiate that she would marry Seymour mm-hmm. in exchange that he would turn himself in for having killed his father. I don't understand what's wrong with that. <laughs> How could this not work? <laughs> oh my God. Then she'll be married to a prisoner and she can go do whatever she wants. That's <laughs> just, oh man, that is, that is a very stupid plan. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like Seymour's like, okay, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, I just want to marry you so bad that yeah. I'll like, whatever. Then, then we can see each other from behind the bars once every month, you know? That'd be great, yeah. Oh, uh, it was freaking, it was really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see, what else did I put here? Oh, <clears throat> so I'll just read this note. I said, Aaron asks Yuna, so this is after Seymour's been taken away by Trauma and the other Guado. I think Aaron asks her if she's still willing to continue her pilgrimage despite the fact that they might be the enemies of Yevon now. Like yes. the, that the church might try to stop them. Yeah. Um, and she agrees to that. Or actually, this is on Sin's back. Never mind. This is not in the temple. This is when they're on Sin's back, I think. Um, Right, because they're kind of deciding she, what to do now. She basically uh, wonders how they're going to be able to continue the pilgrimage if Yevon's going to be against them or if they won't allow it. Yes. Oh, yeah, I wrote, and, I wrote this down. And Aaron says that it's the faith who give the power, not the church, and that they, as in the party, will defy Yevon if they have to mm-hmm. to get that power from the faith. Which is clearly what needs to be done, but yeah. they don't... Like that thought, no. right? That's that's tough. Everyone kind of has a moment of silence after that. Like, yeah, oh my well, gosh. that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. But I like how Yuna then decides that they're just gonna go to Bavel and try to explain things to Maester Micah. Yeah. It's like, we're not gonna try to just right now defy Yevon. Exactly. Let's go try to make amends with Yevon yes. first. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's try and see if that path is it's even like a available. more diplomatic kind of right. Yeah. Let's go talk to Maester Micah. Let's explain it to him, <coughs> and yeah. maybe we can receive their blessing and continue the pilgrimage as before. Mm-hmm. And you know, Aaron kind of, uh, if that's what you want to do, then you know, I guess we'll do that. Um, so, anyways, that's essentially where they had decided they were going to go next before Sin then transports them to Bicanel Island. Yeah. Um, By the way, Sin's back has tons of pyreflies. Yes. Tons. Like um, all over. The whole city is just loaded with tons of pyreflies. Yeah. I think pro- possibly more than we've seen in the whole game up to this point. Yeah. I think Aaron also basically confirms here that the he was able to get, Aaron was able to get to Xanarkand because Sin transported him there. Yeah. Yep. So Tita sort of realizes in his inner monologue that if they kill Sin, He's not going to be able to go there home There is no again. way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is when he begins to fully realize and believe that he knows Jack is sin. And that whole thing we talked about with uh, Dan's go wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've gotten through all my notes of that section. Did you get through all of yours? Uh, let me see the top one. Yep. We are... Up to Bicanel now. The singing stops, then it shows sin. It's really obvious. Are we sure people didn't know this before? <laughs> it well, feels that way, but I yeah. don't know how we'll ever know this in retrospect because people will always claim to have known Definitely. it before. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
I think Jack, uh, this is my last thing at the end of the memories, that I think Jack is in front of one of the faith, one of the doors, the uh-huh. entrances to a faith, mm-hmm. um, at the end when, um, when oh, Titus says, yeah, I know you want this to be over, I do too, you know. He's like I'm standing, working on it. Standing in front of a yeah, faith. Yeah, Jack is like, come here, come to this faith <clears throat> entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so from there, Titus sort of, again, wakes up <coughs> face first in the face water. Face down, and you don't know it, though, because yeah. the rendering's kind of, Weird. Yeah, there's some some sound effects a good way. He like you, you don't see the water very yeah. well at first, but yeah, he's just kind of there, and then all of a sudden he jumps out, and you see splashes, and it's like, oh, he was underwater. Hold yeah, down. how long uh, had he been there? He's in like a desert oasis, like yeah, a yeah. little pond of water in a <sighs> desert, and he wakes up face first in the water again. Yeah, um, and then uh, he says, "I forgive you this time. Be good, okay?" Talking to his father, so he's he's internally sort of made amends with his father at this point. Yeah. I think I missed that a little bit the first time I played the game. Um, just how kind of well we see Titus come to the realization Very his slowly. father was not Very really slowly. as abusive as he seemed to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he was actually jealous of his dad, not that his dad was mm. really that bad to him. Right. Now, there was somebody in the comments, I think, of um, this would have been two podcasts ago now, who says, we can't let Jack off the hook so easily as yeah. a, a potentially abusive parent. Right, he did talk down to him. And I don't want to downplay that yeah, um, necessarily. But I, I also do want to point out that we've really only seen these things from Titus's perspective exactly. earlier. Exactly, that's always the thing. It may not have actually been that way. This exactly. is just how Titus perceived it. It's his memories. And so uh, it's kind of up in the air. I'll, that's one of those things where it's like, I'll, I'll just say I'm not sure. Obviously, if Jekt was, you know, constantly talking down to Titus mm. or something like that, then yeah, that's not a good thing. I don't want to condone that or anything like that. But um, I also want to just bring up the other side of it where it's like, he might not have been quite as bad as Titus was yes. saying he was. And I think Titus is realizing that through this scene in Guadalajara in the far plane. Mm. Then here on Sin's Back, and then here in Bicano Oasis, like, he, I think, is coming to terms with the fact that he sort of remembers it not maybe totally mm. how it was. And it's yeah. more his jealousy than it was his father's abuse. Right. But there could have been a mix of the two things. Sure. Certainly. I think that makes sense. Um, okay, so he sort of runs out into the desert. He's sort of collecting his friends again, <clears throat> bringing them back together as you're fighting. Uh, which was very quick. At first I was like, oh great, we're going to have to go through and find like tons of people and yeah. it'll take forever. And they're all basically right there. Like it mm. doesn't take any time at all. Yeah. And so you collect about just about everyone. When you get to Riku, I think she's the last one. Um, yeah. She clearly knows where Yuna is at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she doesn't want to say anything because the Albad have like a secret home or yeah, like yeah. home base mm-hmm. here in Bicano that they don't want other people to know about. Yes. They don't want people to know where their like base of operations is at. Yeah. And so she she makes them promise that they're not going to tell anyone about this island in exchange that she'll show them where Yuna is at. <laughs> and so Waka has to make that promise. Now, the glare is like the stuff of classic <laughs> meme legends Where here. He just looks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that, oh, that look, that. It's, it's such a meme at this point. It's so funny, he's just glaring at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and the camera's pretty dang close. And it's so funny, it's like walk up, 
please don't murder my family. Please, <laughs> I'll tell you, but you have to promise not to murder my whole family, or at least tell the assassins where we live. Yeah. And he's like, I he's, don't want to uh, do it. He's so mad. But... I don't even. I don't know. If that's really what he was thinking. He just it, doesn't like cooperating it, with the all bad. It's an exaggeration, but yeah, the it's not like he wants them. Kind of true. Yeah. Well, yes. There's, <laughs> there's something there in in his shadow, right? Yeah. There's something there that wants him to just kill all the all bad. But it's like, okay, fine. He he agrees. So uh, <laughs> she decides to take them, and when they yeah. arrive, the place is on fire and it's under attack from yeah. fiends and guado. It's freaking crazy. And it's like, holy crap, what's going on? Uh, Riku finds <coughs> someone she knows who says in Albed again. If you don't want to know what the Albed is, is it spoilery though? I can't remember. It's. I mean, what they say isn't. But right. I, I'm just trying to be really conscious of oh. like people who don't want to know it on their own. when until they find all of gotcha. the primers yeah. and come back and play it on right. the New Game Plus. Okay. If that's you, then skip ahead because I'm going to be. Every single time an Albed speaks, I'm going to be basically saying what they say. Yeah. So just look at the time codes and maybe. But skip. they're not. They're not content spoilers. They're just. No. No, they're not content spoilers. It's they're just, just words. They're just talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah. So just so you know, right? There's your warning. Okay. So what the Albed guy says to her is, or she says in Albed to him first, mm. "Who did this to you?" And he says, "Yevon." Guado. Guado. Yeah. So that's how we know the Guado and Yevon have sort of united now. And they're attacking, <laughs> they're like waging a war on the Albed. Yeah. Um, and Lulu says, a war between Yevon and the Albed. And then Sid walks in. It's the first time we've seen Sid in the game. And he says, that's wrong. Um, uh, Gua- uh, Guado, or it says Guado go for the summoner. I think that just means the Guado are here to try to get the summoner. Right. right or the summoners. Riku says to him, father? Question mark. Um, so we, this is how we connect the fact that Sid, well, I, th- I think they say it outright later, but Sid is you, uh, Riku's father, yeah. which makes Yuna Riku's cousin. Yep, yep, they're cousins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know that they knew each other, though, <clears throat> growing up. That's a good question. If they seem to. Like, the yeah. way they talk, because she calls her Uni. She has, like, a pet name for her, right? Yeah, you, I you, feel you, like you maybe tell. when they were young, they, they knew they each other, knew but each then other. when her mother, when Yuna's mother died... They might have maybe lost contact. Which is around when Yuno was like six or seven or something, Yeah, right? so yeah. maybe they knew each other as little children. Okay, and then... But, okay. Um, anyways, uh, I'm just going to put this out there now, just in case I forget to say later. The reason why summoners are being kidnapped is because Sid is really sick and tired of this culture yeah. that sacrifices summoners for brief right. reprieves from sin. He thinks it's wrong. Mm. And he particularly wants to protect his niece... <laughs> Yes. He does not want his niece to die for this anymore. He wants this cycle to end. Right. So um, that's why the Albed have been kidnapping the summoners. So even going back to the Blitzball game in Luca, like the Albed kidnapping Yuna was not nefarious. Yeah, it wasn't just to win the game. No. It was, there was a whole other reason for yeah, it. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to keep her from being sacrificed. Yes. Uh, yeah. And we learn all about the summoners and how they are sacrificed to defeat sin in this section, this little yes, sequence here, right here yeah. in um, in Bicanel. So that's kind of his, that's what he's doing. That's his motivation here, right? Um, so I, I liked how uh, Titus, or Titus tries to encourage Riku here because um, she says, we have to save Uni. And he says to her, not only Yuna, right? 
like indicating like it's not just you know it's it's the mm -hmm. albed the albed who are being attacked this is probably one of the few times anyone outside of albed culture has shown any regard or concern for albed at all mm, so true. that would be a surprise to her right she's wait in fact titus refers to riku as his friend yeah. back on sins back back over yeah. at makalonia right and she is that. she is just like beside herself like friend do you mean it yeah are we really friends yeah and you would think it's like oh because Riku's talking about how, oh, in a few years I'll be as as curvy and voluptuous as, as Lulu, Lulu right? and <laughs> as mature personality-wise, yes. not just looks-wise. But, right. you know, give me a few years and I'll mature. Um, and it almost would seem like Tita's kind of friend zones her. Like, yeah, you're a nice friend. <laughs> and she's like, she really wants to talk about how yeah. she, I can be like Lulu too one day. Well, um, it's funny because that, you're right. This is how they all better treated. And for Tita's to just kind of refer to her as a friend, uh, so nonchalantly, and to be, mm -hmm. but to have that mean so much to her that yeah. we would think, oh yeah, well he's telling her that fat chance, but not really. But you know, at least it could be interpreted that way. Uh, but here with it, you know, the way she takes it, the way she interprets it, it is like, wow, you know, I can be a friend to some. We're not just a group of people with a common purpose. We're actually friends, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of glazed over that with yeah, the yeah. conversation with Waka back on Sins Back. <clears throat> where he's losing it because they're <laughs> traitors to Yevon now, and he's 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 blaming it on Riku a little bit. Yeah, and it's like stop. Titus is just like stop blaming yeah, it. Riku you can't is Riku. Blame it like, all on her. Yeah. Anyways, they have an argument there, and then yeah, she has a conversation about wanting to be like Lulu, and <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> even like uh, I think Kimari gets involved in that for a second. He's like he Riku. Says, be is, you. you just be yourself, and yeah. he's like, "What you're telling me? I can't be like Lulu." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, man. That's so funny. I love it. Uh, anyways, so there are some good conversations with the party there. Uh, we kind of glazed over it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, I think, deeper a lot stuff about. there with the whole Jack thing um, and the Hymn of the Faith and everything like mm -hmm. that. But um, back but to yeah, this. Yeah, the all-bed are just not treated as people. No. And so she she's, seems to be kind of pleasantly surprised by that sentiment from Titus that he says, yeah, yeah. it's not just Yuna we're here to save. We're here to save you, the all-bed, right? right? And so she, she's endeared to him because of that, I think. Um, <clears throat> some more Albed here. This bites Riku, you read me? Her father's talking to her over like a radio. Mm. And he says, you go under too, I'm leveling home, and the fiend with it. So they're planning on self-destructing their little home yeah. in order to kill the fiend and like uh, everything. How, how, does you, how does Yevon use fiends to fight? Good question. It's not really answered here, but... Yeah. Maybe cool. we'll get to that later. Just curious. Um, <clears throat> now, Riku ends up telling Waka a little later about how Sin destroyed the island where the Albed used to live. Yeah, yes. Which <clears throat> caused them to kind of scatter and become almost nomadic. No, this is this is the Jewish captivity. This is the... Yeah. So, you know, the group comes on, destroys their city, scatters the people, yet then uh, Sid kind of gathers, everyone, gathers back together, everyone back together, back to a new, like a new Jerusalem kind mm -hmm. of idea. Like they come back home, they all come, they're regathered from after being scattered, right? right. Um, and, you know, they have a hope, right? They can make a difference this time, but she's yep. so upset because she's watching the, the new, the new Jerusalem be, be destroyed. destroyed. And mm -hmm. it's like, dang it, now we, they need a new 
It's almost like they need a new myth now. Like they yeah. need a new, they need new help. They need a new story because this one's breaking before her eyes. Yeah. A new story to unite under. That actually is going to come up again later when Waka tries to cheer her up about their home being destroyed. <laughs> That's and right. she's so pissed. Oh, geez, yeah. And anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But Sid, well, yeah, like time. you said, Sid was sort of the leader who brought the Albad back together into a place, into a home. Yeah. And this is what, where that was at. Um, <clears throat> now, Waka allows Riku to embrace him as she sort of explains all this. And he, you can see that he feels some genuine sympathy for her and the yeah. Albad for the first time. And he starts to feel anger towards the Guado. Like he sees, yes. yeah, yeah. he's seeing how the Albad are being massacred here. Or I attacked, know, it's pretty horrific. And he, even yeah. he cannot justify that. Yeah. It's like, even though he has his feelings about the Albed, he cannot justify massacring them in this way. And he, yes. his sympathies change and start to shift towards the Albed, seeing the violence yeah. and anger towards the Guado for inflicting it, that suffering on the Albed. It's the first yeah. time he's ever in the game been able to sort of like uh, empathize with the Albed and it's yep. changing his feelings about them. Yeah, yeah. Really good moment there as she just like yeah, grabs right. onto him. She doesn't right, have she's any. Crying. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't have any um, resentment towards him towards for him. the way that yeah, he's yeah. thought about the Albed or talked about the yeah, Albed yeah. or talked about her. She has none of that is there, and like that sort of melts his icy uh, shell a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And and he sort of like begins to realize like how at fault his thinking was about all this. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's a really nice moment. And this is where Riku reveals that Summoner's Sanctum, in the Summoner Sanctum, this is where Yuna's being held right now. Um, th that's where the Albed are, kidna are kidnapping and keeping all these Summoners that they've been yeah. taking to protect them. And Titus is really confused by this, like, <coughs> protect yeah. them how? He says that's what Guardians are for. That's, yes. Yes. If Guardians yeah. do their job. If they do it well. Th or if, if Guardians do their job well, if the then summoners, summoners don't oh, sorry. die, if right, the summoners it. don't do their job, then who will defeat Sin? If guardians do their job well, then summoners will be safe, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. And so no one, everyone just kind of leaves. Nobody right? wants to put into nobody words. wants to say anything. I think Kimari is like Kimari must go. <laughs> he it's, it's he leaves first. It's quiet. Yeah. I leave. Now. It's quiet. I leave now. <laughs> and then, it, but it's so funny because it's it's a moment. Uh, but because you don't know exactly what's going on, uh, it, this means more on a second playthrough. Yeah. Because they go into slow-mo yep. for this. Yeah. But it's just people walking out. Walking out. It's, it's a really yeah. emphasizing it's this very moment interesting. of yeah. them not being willing to confirm that Titus's idea is correct. It's, it's a huge lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Nobody wants to put words to that. Nobody yes. wants to say it out loud. And exactly. We've had... I don't know, at least 10 instances, mm -hmm. I feel like up to this moment, where it's been the same thing. Anytime yeah. this bit gets brought up about after we defeat Sin yes. sort of thing, they have just not said anything and they right. walk away and they just pretend like it wasn't said. And this is like the real penultimate sort of like uh, sequence of that where they, they show right. in slow motion, they're just unwilling to like grapple with that yeah. idea at all. It's almost like they're like, Yuna should tell him. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be the one to tell him. Right? In fact, Riku even mentions, didn't Yuna tell you this? Right, yeah. They're shocked that Yuna had not told Titus yet yeah. this. And they continue <laughs> to be shocked throughout the whole journey. Um, yeah. But, uh, so as they continue on down the stairs, this is where Riku essentially reveals that. Well, well first, because they have Isaru and Donna who are down there. So they oh, both yeah, got yeah. kidnapped the and they were brought yeah, yeah, here. There. And um, Isaru's little brother, 
I forget his name right now. I can't remember. But he comes name. running up to he's Titus. Like, he's like, what, what does sacrifice, sacrifice mean? Yeah, what does sacrifice mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then Riku basically says that the final Aeon, when they summon it, is going to kill Yuna in the process of defeating mm-hmm. Sin. That's how this whole thing works. The summoners die in the process of summoning the final Aeon. Yeah. This rocks Titus because he, the whole time, he continually brought up, well, after we defeat Sin, this. Yeah, and, and he when says we're it all out loud. Done with this, yeah. then this. And she and just doesn't say anything. He even has the memory of when he's remembering, you know, her, his memory is the laughing scene, right? Where she can whistle and then yes. they both laugh together. Yes. And it's super awkward. Um, and how he just, he wouldn't have laughed if he knew yes. th- what was actually happening. Right. Right. But right. she gets him to laugh and she, it's almost like she wanted someone to be genuinely laughing mm-hmm. along her journey. And so she didn't tell him for that reason, you know? Right. Anyways. So Very good. he says, was I the only one who didn't know? Like, yeah. why were you hiding it? Why didn't I know? And I think Waka says we weren't hiding it, and Lulu says it was just too hard to say. Yeah. And then he goes, but isn't she like a sister to you? And yeah. Lulu's like, yes, I tried to talk her out of it, but yes. you know her. She does her own thing. Yeah, I thought that was a really yeah. interesting line. You, you, do you not think we tried to tell her <laughs> not to be a summoner? And, yes. and that's really obvious, too, when yeah, you yeah, hear yeah. it. It's like, oh, of course, of course, her friends or the people care, but tried to tell her don't be a yes. summoner. Don't be one, but if you do, I'm coming with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right? going to be your guardian and if that's, you're going to do it. That's like, I don't know, that's Yeah, meaningful. she chose this path. Yeah. She chose this. She knew what she was getting into. We tried to tell her not to, mm-hmm. but we can't make her not do it. Yeah. So if she's going to do it, I'm going to come along and make sure that I'm there with her to the end. Kind of thing, yeah, right? yeah. Um, this is also yeah. why I think Lulu became more okay with the idea of Titus traveling with them. I, I've kind of like hinted at this thought along the way without trying to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. I think Lulu knew Yuna likes Titus. Oh, sure. And yeah. so if this is going to be her one chance at like a teen romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Even some... if I don't like this guy that much, like right. she deserves the opportunity to have before she that dies. before she dies. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's a lot of that sort of thing that yeah. comes together for me in this scene. Um, yeah, that's good. So, and it's, but it's, it's insane because there's like fiends and summons and there's there's chaos all mm, surrounding you, right? Yeah. So as Titus's mind world, his 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 world is thrown into into chaos because of Yuna. Then in the background, you just see these like sparks falling and these monsters fighting, and yeah, it's like I don't well, know. It's like it's, everything's it's cool breaking, because right? there's some fiends come in to fight, and it's Isaru and Donna who come in and they summon. And they're fighting, yes. and they're yeah. the ones confirming we chose this. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. we think it's important that Spira has a reprieve from yes. sin, and so they're offering like another perspective on this. Because Titus right. is like, "This is wrong." They're just like, this is "Why wrong. would you this kill someone?" It's like, "No, you you die so that sin yeah. doesn't kill a million other people." Yes, <laughs> right. It's right. like, yeah, I get it. It sucks. But like, there is a there is a reason for this. Yes. We're not just dying for fun for no reason, yeah. right? So it's a nice scene. It's a really, yeah. really good scene, actually. I think it's one of the better scenes in the game. So I liked far. it a lot. And that's, that's lot. saying a lot. I mean, like, there's been a lot of great scenes. But on this on this playthrough, I, I really enjoyed this scene a lot. That was really well executed. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so after this... So Yuna's not there, right? Yuna's not there. Um, Yuna has actually been taken away by the Guado who came yeah, here. Yeah, uh, somewhere else. So we're going to find out about that in a minute. Yeah. But... Um, 
you're, you're trying to escape and uh, you have access to this airship. This is the same one that if you earlier in the podcast skipped our, um, uh, we had a spoiler warning yes. back in like episode probably two or three. It was early. Um, yeah. When you go underwater, when you, when you dive underwater with Riku yeah. from the Albed ship at the beginning of the game, you go into that structure uh, down there, um, the lights kind of turn on and everything. Um, that was the game's airship was, yeah. was underwater. That's what they were, what the Albed were excavating was that yep. giant airship. And Re they say that in she their- She mentions it. She goes, hey, do you recognize this? This is yeah. what we, this is what we found in the water. Yeah, so this airship was what they were excavating way earlier yeah. on in the game. They brought it up, they've made it, uh, they've repaired it, I guess. And so, anyways, it's pretty cool when you kind of are able to put that together. But this is the airship that they excavated earlier in the game. And so you go inside, that's where Sid is at, and they're going to escape on this airship. Um, but Sid kind of, Titus and Sid kind of confront each other about Yuna here. Because he's, he, Titus is demanding to know where Yuna is. And <laughs> Sid is asking, what are you going to do exactly. if you find her, right? And Titus says he wants to apologize because he didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sid gets pissed and sort of like he throws, throws him, him across yeah. the room. It's like all of you freaking guardians and Yevon people are all the same, yeah, right? Yeah, And he's, he's promising that, no, 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 I'm not going to let her die. Like, that's not going to yes. happen. Yes. And so Sid tells him if he doesn't live up to that promise, then Sid's going to make him regret it. So, yep, yep, yep. Um, Titus is basically promising, no matter what, I'm not going to let Yuna die. She's not going to sacrifice herself. I didn't know that was the case. If I had, I never would have agreed to this. Like, it's yeah. not happening now. Um, so that's kind of the conversation they have. And now you have access to the airship. Um, uh, it looks like a Final Fantasy VIII kind of thing. The way yep. they got that rotating and yep. the, the way it's not exactly clear how it works. But mm -hmm. as it kind of lifts up out of the ground, that's where I say it kind of resembles Makalenia Temple just a little bit. Yeah. You see that it's kind of got a few layers to it that narrow down and it kind of looks like a Jabba the Hutt kind of thing. Yeah. And it goes up and moves out and it looks kind of like a temple. So there's also a developer interview. I'll have to send you the link to yeah. it or something. I didn't pull it up for this. But the reason that it's colored the way it is, a purple and gold, is oh. because of the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers. I was going to say. Yeah. It's the Lakers. He was inspired by the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe Bryant was his favorite basketball player. Of course. And so he, yeah. he put those colors into the airship because he watched basketball and liked the Lakers. This would have been huh. back when, when the Lakers were, they were in their the first three-peat yeah. uh, with uh, Kobe and Shaq. They were in the finals every year up until this game came out. Yeah. yeah. So it was like 2000, 2001, 2002, and then they had a down year in three, and then they went again in 04 yeah, yeah. Uh, where they lost to the Pistons. But Is that um, when Carl Malone was Yes, when, when yeah, Gary, yeah. Payton, Gary Payton, Carl Malone. Uh, and then they were all hurt in the finals. Yeah, because they, they were all too old <laughs> to, get to be playing basketball. Uh, but yeah, the Lakers yeah. were kind of at the, the height of a, another three-peat with the Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, years. yeah. And so he loved the Lakers, the guy who designed this airship. Okay, and, okay. Uh, anyways, I'll try and find the link to that for you so you can put it in if you want to. That's pretty cool. I like But that. that's why it's colored the way it is. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a lot of Albed here. <laughs> That, uh, that I'm gonna go through. Um, brother, who is Sid's son, Riku's sister, he's like the pilot. Yeah, yeah, he's up front. He's saying, father, ready to go. And Sid says, yeehaw, flight 1,000 years overdue. And uh, brother says, whoa, it moves. 
risk, and, the, and then Sid says, risk big, win big. So like they weren't sure this airship was gonna work. <laughs> and he says even later on, he goes, I'm not sure how this thing works. Yeah. I, we don't know how they it's flying. We don't know how their technology <laughs> works at all. And it's like, how, you ever be on an airplane where the pilot's like, I don't know what's going wrong here, but yeah. this thing's up by magic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and then like, whoa, it flies. So they're actually surprised yeah. it's working. No, no. Um, next we use that, uh, whatever you say, brother then starts to begin singing the hymn of the faith and Sid and the other album yeah. starts singing it, right? As like a, sort of like a, in, what's the word I'm like, it's like almost in respect for their home that's going to be yes. destroyed. It's like, Well, Titus like asks, solemn, he's like, why are they singing? And yeah. Riku says, we're going to, we're going to destroy our, we're going to destroy the home. Yeah. Like what? Why? And it's like, how, how are you going to do that? And he says, with one of the forbidden machina. Yes. Uh, then he says, ready, fire. They like fire from the airship and they like blow it up. And so, um, I have a question though. Did they have to blow up their home? Why did they do that? I think that they, they didn't. A lot of fiends, I, I think that, that they but. didn't want Yevon to have access to a lot of like the technology and stuff that oh, they've okay. been excavating. Sure. Um, or, or also just to like. Uh, that, that that is a good question. I mean, I'm assuming to understand like, like all where the did Donna why, is Donna on the ship? I can't remember. Donna is on the ship. You okay, can talk I can't her. remember that. Okay. Um, so they got so everyone we got out, them out, but it's like I think they just didn't want outsiders to like have access to what they were working on, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, gotcha. We'll learn more about Yevon's um, hypocrisy regarding <laughs> some of their laws and rules and things later. Yeah, but yeah. clearly, like at the top level, anyway. I don't want to talk about that just yet, but I got you. I got you. Um, Sid says that well, anything made with machines can just be remade. So yes, because he's laughing. Idea. He's laughing at its destruction. <coughs> he says, yeah. "Return to sand." Return and, to and sand. And brothers like yeah. crying. <laughs> he's like, "No need for tears. What is good about Machina is it can be built anew." You see, so yeah, all yeah. of this is being said in Albed, by the way, which yeah, is yeah, why yeah. I wrote it down. Um, <clears throat> so Waka tries to cheer up Riku here in <laughs> possibly <laughs> the dumbest way he could. He says that, look at it like happy festival fireworks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she is obviously furious about that whole sem he, I mean, he's, he's trying, but like. I know, yeah. It, it, from a place of total like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you, you, Ignorance? Or? Yes, ignorance. Yeah. A place of total ignorance about yeah. the situation because he never took the time to actually understand Albed culture. Exactly. So he doesn't understand how important that home is to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he, anyways, it's a really dumb thing to say, really insensitive. <laughs> and oh, she's well, pissed okay. at him. But yes, yeah. now this brings up the, um, the, the Sphere Oscillo Finder. No, oh, yes. Technology they have. That, that they also use. don't know how it works. They don't know how it works. <laughs> that they're going to use to lo locate Yuna. So he's talking yeah, about how they're going to use They do know what it's called, though. They're going to use the Sphere Ocelo Finder to locate yeah. her. And they're like, how does that work? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and they're like, then why are you, you using it? You push the button it? and it does <laughs> You the don't thing. know how it works. It's <laughs> I like, know. Anyways, but that's the, so the tech they're going to use to try and find her. Yep. Um, couple of very last things here on the airship, and this is where we're going to end for today. Um, if you've collected all the Albed primers at this point and you speak with Rin, because Rin is on the ship, the guy who owns mm -hmm. all the Albed shops yeah, that yeah. you've been going to, um, Titus will have a conversation with him in Albed. Like they'll actually talk to each other mm. in Albed back and forth. Only when you get everyone? Yeah, when you get all the primers. Mm, cool. So um, I think Rin says, um, I am in your debt. Oh, no, no. Titus says, I am in your debt to Rin. 
And Rin says, very good, you've learned, uh, you've learned well our tongue. And Titus says, easy once you know the trick. And then Rin says, to think the day would come that we could talk so, it's joyous indeed. Mm. And Titus says, I'm happy too. And then Ren says, here, a present to congratulate you on your success and thank you, and he gives you an item. Um, so that's what, a nice little conversation. T Titus is now fluent in Alabama, yeah. if you've collected all the primers, so that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I, not very many people would have taken the time to learn the Alabama language, yeah. is my guess. Right. So and then flattering. you can talk to Donna, like I was just saying. Kay. I don't know if you did this, but this is a really interesting conversation. Um, I know. I was going to do it probably next. Probably next time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying to like. No, it's fine. You can go ahead to your break point. down the airship section so that we can be past that for gotcha, the next gotcha. one and just go straight into like the wedding scene. Yeah, yeah. But actually, there's actually a battle that happens, which we won't talk about today, but okay. against the freaking dragon or whatever. Yes. We'll talk. We'll start there next time. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, you talk to Donna. And she asks Titus what he would think of her if she abandons her pilgrimage. So mm. remember how we've been talking about the whole time, the way she's dressed, that might indicate that she's not a devout. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's actually contemplating abandoning the pilgrimage. Not being a She doesn't want to do it. Mm. And he, but and the only thing is, it's just a big shame, right? To do yeah, that. yeah. The, the whole society would see her yeah. as abandoning her duty, right? It's like, oh, great. Of course, Titus is like, or you can't. You have an option here, but t my head cannon here is Titus. Is like, who cares? <laughs> 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 right? Who cares if you do that? Like, do what you want to do. Right. I wouldn't judge you for that, right? And she's, you know, surprised by that, and, and like, I guess you're right. Like, what's more important is what I want, not what other people right, think, yeah. right? So that's a nice conversation you have there. Um, hmm. <laughs> there's also a line where Waka re is putting together the fact that Yuna is an Albed this whole time and he didn't know it. <laughs> He's sort of despondent. He's like, wait a minute, so that means Yuna's an Albed too, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like this gosh. whole time, his hatred of Albed, he's been protecting you've one of the guardians. You've been of one of the gardeners, of an guardians. Of an Albed. Cool. So I do, have a, I do yes, have a couple things. I'm so sure there's some things we skipped. The city, right? Just the way that home looks, because yeah. well, it's gone. We don't go back there again. <laughs> yeah. So it looks really cool, but I looked up some notes from the artist who designed it. Um, he said he wanted um, the city to look like a fruit that had burst open, right? Mm. It kind of looks like an open thing. There's 10 um, pillars kind of going around, and then there's a big one in the middle. It kind of looks like Midgar, if you think of it that way. Yeah. There's these wheels on top, so it looks like the whole thing kind of closes. It mm, can close. Yeah. Now, they, this must have been a surprise attack, so because they weren't able to do that, if it even works still. Um, but it looks almost like a satellite or something like that, yeah, you know? Like sure. that just kind of crashed or something. Yeah. It's got this big spire. Um, and there's the, some letters around the side, but I can only see two letters, and it was A and then B uh, in the Albed language. So I'm guessing it's just A, B, C, D, E, F, G, E, I don't know what the point of that is other than to identify, okay, Tower A, Tower B, kind oh, of thing. Right. Um, and then in the middle, they've got that logo. When that logo I found fascinating because it's got a greenish background with a purple spiral that looks like their eye spiral, oh, right? right? It's got that half, mm. like three-quarter circle, and then it kind of goes in for like the letter G almost, but yeah. like kind of backwards. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting, but it's it's a greenish background behind it, and so it's like, uh, Looks a little bit like the an green eye, eyes, eye. and then the spiral thing within the eye, so it's like their logo is just what their eyes look like, mm -hmm. and then behind it there's like a sun, you know, kind of sun rays kind of thing going around, and that's the yellow, and so mm. the purple would be the spiral, the yellow would be the sun, but then there's like a greenish kind of thing, which yeah. is like their eyes. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know. I just thought that was um, interesting to look at and super cool. I don't know if the bursting fruit means anything necessarily. Mm. Um, Good question. But I did like that quite a bit. And then I have a note here about um, Albed because we don't come back to home <laughs> ever again. Mm-hmm. And we may not talk about the Albed uh, too much from this point on. <clears throat> so I was reading an alchemical text. Not really mm. an alchemical text. I'm not that hardcore. I was reading a union <laughs> book about alchemical text. There you go. So it, and it was an easy one too. It was the intro to alchemy and psychology, something like that. And um, I came across the word albedo. A-L- really? A-L-B-E-D-O. No way. And, and it turns out albedo means white. It's just the color, like albino. Yeah, like albino. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So albedo means white, and and it's a stage of alchemy. You know, alchemy's got this process. Actually, I'm going to read what I wrote down here because it's really cool. Um, it actually explains why this is another reason why Yevon is called Yevon and not, um, well, this is why in the Japanese it was called Ebon. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Now in the English they said Yevon. I think that would be a Yahweh, and I mentioned Evon. There's other reasons why in the English it's pronounced Yevon, um, but in the Japanese, it's just ebon, and e-b-o-n, like ebony, means black. Black. So yeah. you have the white uh, the yin yang. and black. Yeah, exactly. It's white. a yin-yang thing. Albedo. That's actually really interesting. But so Yevon is the black, and, and Albed is the white. Yes. yes. Interesting. I know. Really and it's almost like, well, it's almost like they, they, you know, they need each other to an extent, right? They can't, you can't just completely go one way or the other. But either way, so that's it. So it's a, it's an, um, it's a yin-yang kind of thing. So, albedo, albedo, albedo has more to do with reflections than the innate color, right? Mm. So it's like white, but it's more like reflection, sparkling, shiny white kind of thing. Uh, and then um, ebon is more of a state of absorbing color. So it's like, it's, it's rough, it's not like shiny, it doesn't reflect anything, it's just, it's a matte kind of black color, right? So in a very basic way, it could be said that ebon means black and Yevon is black and Albed means white. This isn't totally accurate, but it's close enough. Um, but the problem is that there's some racial images that are conjured up in the Western mind of 2022 um, that maybe isn't intended, right? So the black-white isn't intended to be a racial thing that you think of. Um, but, you know, that may be what people think of now. It's more of a statement on what reflects light versus what absorbs it, right? So mm. the Albed reflect light, you know, the sun and the moon and they appear white to the eye, while Yevon absorbs light and remains opaque, dark, and colorless, right? So Jung's idea, the four stages of alchemy are nigredo, which remember in Xenogears, mm-hmm. yes, that thing? Yes, they use that word, so, yeah. And it's possible that nigretto means, you know, nigredo, it means, you know, blackening or whatever. Um, but it probably was regret, but anyways. Uh, there's yeah. a possibility that it was referring to these four stages of alchemy. So it's Nigredo, referring to the confronting of the shadow, right? And this is Jung's kind of interpretation of alchemy. Um, you confront your own shadow, right? And that's something that breaks the illusion of the self. When you overcome the shadow, then that leads the next stage of alchemy is Albedo, right? Which is the discovery or the rescuing of the anima or animus, right? Mm. So integrating the anima or animus leads to the formation of a new personality, right? So you go through the, the shadow to find, you go through the nigredo to find the albedo. Um, this is called, okay, and then when you integrate the anima and animus together into, it re- results in the formation of a new personality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is called citrinus, which is um, yellow, right? It's mm. the color of the sun. And then the final one is red. You know why the Philosopher's Stone is always red? Right? Oh. It's always a red jewel somehow yeah. or another. In Full Metal Alchemist or in Harry Potter, it's mm. just a red stone. Well, um, the final one is called Rubedo, 
right? So the idea with citroness, where it's yellow and it's the color of the sun, this means that reflection is no longer necessary. It, it, it emanates light itself, right? Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is rubido, which is the complete individuated self, right? Including the persona, all acting in harmony as oneself without any internal contradictions. Okay, now it could be said that nigredo is impurity and albedo is purity. And then citroness is light emanation and rubedo is just truth, is everything all at once, right? Mm. So the completely integrated whole individuated self is the philosopher's stone, right? It's the most transcendent ideal. Um, so nigredo and albedo have been described as confession and illumination, right? You could think of it that way, right? So in order to confront your shadow, you have to confess, you have to admit that there is a shadow, right? You have yeah. to actually confront it and be like, hey, I've got these problems. This is my secret inner working mind. It sucks. Um, it's stupid. I don't know how to get over it, whatever. And then the next thing is illumination, right? And then education and transformation, right? So Ebon and Albedo are being referenced in this game as black and white, but also reflective of light versus absorptive of light. You may say that they're the same thing technically, but I think the differentiation is a little bit important when judging the artist's intent and messaging. And um, while there is a racial component to the albed in general, I don't think the name meaning black and white is necessarily a racial word. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And then likely the word um, yevon in English re referenced the concept of avum, as they didn't call it ebon, right? They called it yevon, they called it a, a separate thing. But the Japanese word would not have referenced avum at all. Mm. I doubt, they would have had a, it, it's not something most people even in, in America know. Um, in Japan, it would be very difficult for them to connect avon with avum. Right, yes. this ancient Latin medieval sure, concept. Right, yeah. um, but ebon was something that's, that, you know, it's not obvious right away, but do a little digging and no matter where you are, you'll find that, oh, that means black, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's the whole, that's the whole spiel about alchemy and what ebon versus albedo likely actually means and, you know, in the concept of this So it's game. kind of this whole process of enlightenment. Yes, yeah. The stages. It's a whole kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the people who are involved in Yevon. Yeah, are, they need to confront the shadow. They have not confronted the yes, shadow yet. They need to the Albed have. The Albed have confronted it and have rescued the anima, but they don't know what to do with they it. They don't know what to do with they it. Don't they, do they, with they don't know what to do with it. They don't understand. They need the technology. to integrate it to become yes, yes. exactly. That's yes. crazy. Yeah. That's really pretty cool. cool. That's really cool. I love cool. it. I love it. And I was just reading because I mentioned Avon before, and I, I'm sure somebody mentioned in the comments this that uh, Albedo maybe, but I was reading a, a Carl Jung book <laughs> yeah. when I saw that word, and it's so funny because it reminded me. I was like, wait, I've known that word. How come mm. I didn't realize this before? Mm. And the only reason it even stood out to me in general is because the Japanese Albed is Albedo. They do have that O on the end because oh. they they don't just end a consonant. Right, right? On a consonant yeah. So unless it's an N or something, but um, it's got to be Arubedo, right? So I read that and I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Square Enix, man, they just love freaking love they Carl Jung. They love Carl Jung, <laughs> or they did at, at one time. At, at one time, 20 yeah, years ago, they freaking they're loved obsessed it. with it. Yeah, crazy dude. Anything else? Um, no, uh, the other thing that I have is something that I'll bring up a little bit later, so. Okay. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. We appreciate you, as always. Yep. Um, I always forget to bring this up at the beginning. I should do it at the beginning, but I always forget. <laughs> uh, we're really, really close to hitting our sort of like um, next tier or stretch goal on oh, Patreon, yeah, for, Patreon? Nice. for which I would bring back the Final Fantasy Friday streams. Mm, We're nice. like right there. Um, so if you would like to join our Patreon and, and support the channel and uh, 
keep keep this podcast going. Um, take a look at that. Uh, at the one dollar level, even if you just contribute one dollar, you get an extra podcast every month. We do one yes, yeah. exclusive podcast to patrons and subscribe yep. stars uh, per month. We've already done uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. We already did the Cowboy. first five episodes of Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop, the movie Arrival, and it looks like we're probably going to be doing Undertale next, the, the game Undertale. Sick. Um, I'm still keeping an eye on that this weekend, but we're probably going to, it's in the lead now, and yes. we're probably going to be analyzing that uh, next week when we um, come back to record again. So um, if you'd like to get, an ac get access to that extra exclusive podcast, um, that all it takes is just a $1 contribution. Yeah. Um, at the $5 level, you get to vote on which things we cover. That, that includes not only the next game we cover on the public podcast, but also on the exclusive ones. And you get to ask us questions for the podcast. We do little Q&A sections. Yep. And then uh, at the $10 level, uh, you can join me on private streams where I do my playthroughs of these games and discuss things with you and all that. So <clears throat> uh, check out our Patreon. Link, link is in the description as always. And, or uh, subscribe star. We do both. Or subscribe star. And uh, I'll get started on those Final Fantasy Friday streams again. Um, what I'm thinking about doing, because I've already done seven and I've already done nine, mm. and we just covered Final Fantasy X here. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe what I'll do is maybe just a straight playthrough of the whole series. Just start from the very beginning, oh, FF1, one. and just do one, two, three, four, five. Nice. Maybe skip seven when we get to that, because I've already done that one. <laughs> maybe skip nine, because we'll probably do a, a <laughs> podcast on nine at some point. Yeah. Um, and then just go all the way through the series. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. It'll be I'll, I'll put that up to vote when on Patreon when the time comes. But um, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Right. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace out. <laughs>